here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. Hello, everybody. Shake Them Ropes, episode 180. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins to follow shortly. It is another Shake Them Ropes split show as Jeff Hawkins carries the brunt of the episode with his thoughts on this week in WWE. I am still uh, trying to not only move locations, but try to get everything set up to where I can start joining Jeff again for our podcast. Uh, It's been a uh, wild and crazy last month, really last three months as I began this whole process uh, and and I won't bore you with all the details, but yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of craziness. But anyway, Jeff Hawkins is here. Uh, Jeff Hawkins is here to carry the weight of this episode. Really good stuff from Jeff again. I want to thank Jeff last week for for doing it solo. He was traveling as well, so he was recording from his phone, I believe. Uh, but he's back in studio, uh, so uh, you know any audio issues have certainly cleared up. Uh, but Jeff does really well. By himself there, uh, not too well, Jeff. Don't go, don't go doing too well uh, by yourself. Uh, you got to make the people think you need me. You need me around. It's got to be the two of us. Uh, but we will be back. Um, Jeff, uh, Jeff doesn't know this part yet, but I think we're going to try to do a post Hell in a Cell show. Uh, I can't confirm that at the moment. Um, I've, I've really been stringing Jeff along like. Yeah, we, we can do the show. I'll, I'll have time. I can do it at this certain time, this certain time. And then at the last minute, been telling him, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. So I don't want to be stringing Jeff along for a Sunday night because uh, his schedule is different than my schedule. And, uh, you know, the schedules haven't meshed uh, super well lately, which is fine. Mostly my fault again. Uh, but uh, stay tuned to the Twitter feed at Shake Them Ropes because we may very well have a Hell in a Cell post show in some way, it may not. It may not end up being live if we do one. It may be a podcast late on Sunday night, um, but we will try to have something post Hell in a Cell, even if it is on uh, Monday or something. We'll we'll see. We'll see what we can come up with, and I'll have to get with Jeff on that. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for sticking by us over the last month. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, everywhere. Just search Shake Them Ropes or go to bit.ly. That's bit.ly slash str iTunes. Leave a comment, rating, or review on the iTunes page. Allow others who may not be familiar with us to find us. We would greatly appreciate that. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at crapgame13, C-R-A-P-G-A-M-E-1-3. You can follow me on Twitter at shakethemropes. That's at shakethemropes for show information and for random baseball talk. Jeff Hawkins is next with Shake Them Ropes, episode 180. I will see every one of you very soon. I am working very hard to make that happen. I apologize again for the week without myself. I, uh, you know, for those who may find that a good thing, 
so be it. For those who enjoy me and Jeff on together, I apologize again. We'll try to make it happen very soon to where we'll back it, be back at full strength. I appreciate the support, guys. Jeff Hawkins now with Shake Them Ropes, episode 180. But as if to knock me down, reality came around, and with so much as a mere touch, cut me into little pieces, leaving me to doubt, talk about, God in his mercy. Oh, if he really does exist, why did he desert me? In my hour of need, I truly am indeed. Alone again. Naturally. Gilbert O'Sullivan. Today on Shake Them Ropes, your boy Hawkins is rolling solo. If you made it this far, you've probably made it through Rob telling you eight times you don't have to listen, but you'll want to. My Hell in a Cell preview. We'll talk a bit about Raw, SmackDown, a little NXT. And yes, I'm going to get into how The Voice is a great pro wrestling show. But first, let's get business out of the way here, kids. Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon, proudly sponsoring this show. Believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. And it is very simple. I've been on the site. It's very good, very clean. You get what you want, you get out. It's comfortable. They have underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, which Joe Lanza loves, and sweatpants that you'll wear everywhere. Trust me on this. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. You know what that means? That means they eliminate odor. It means you won't have any stanky drawers on when you're at a date or you're with a lady. You get an intimate, like Joe Lanza does. And you know what? They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like the first pair, you can keep it. They'll still refund your money. They'll say, thanks for trying it out. No questions asked. And not only does Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. Wear them while working out, being active. They ain't going to constrain you or anything else. They're not going to ride up on you. Trust me on this. I now have a pair of Mac Weldon underwear. They are fantastic, even if you pay a little bit more for the quality. But you don't have to pay as much because if you go to MacWeldon.com, you'll get 20% off using the promo code VOW. That's VOW. So, hey, kids, if you like me, if you like this show, go to MacWeldon.com, buy a, one pair of underwear just to say, hey, we appreciate the work that these guys do on the audio. Please keep supporting them. All right. Now, where's Rob? I don't know. I really don't. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to bury him. He has his own thing. As you know, he's been... Dealing with the stress of moving. He's been dealing with other stresses. I don't know what's going on. I will continue without him for right now. If I need to get another co-host, I will. At least until he feels better or feels more up to doing the show. I think he still wants to do the show. So don't worry about that. If he communicates with you, tell me. (laughs) Because he's not telling me much. But you know what? We go through that in life sometimes. I've been through that. I've been through some very deep depressions. Pro wrestling helped get me out of a lot of those. So we're going to talk some graps in a moment. First, as I've teased, I'm watching The Voice this season. I don't particularly like reality television. I got stuck in a time sink watching a bunch of YouTube videos of blind auditions. Those are cool. I've now watched about 30 hours from around the world, just putting it on in the background at work. I can probably figure out the strategies each coach on each season uses to find people from all over the world. It's uh, it's pretty darn great, I think. I've never gone past that point ever until this year because I kind of got, kind of fell in love with some people. But man, this is Pro Wrestling 101. 
Why do I say that? Because these coaches have slots. This has nothing to do with being the best voice. Otherwise, it's just a, you know, it's a big karaoke contest. It has nothing to do with being the best songwriter. It has nothing to do with being the best musician. Usually, the person with the best voice ends up not winning. All these four chair things, they're bait and switch in many, many ways. These coaches, they have slots. They have mentally decided, I have certain people I like. I have certain people that are marketable, which is the number one thing in this entire show. Who is the most marketable to a pop audience? Now, who watches this show? Mostly young girls and older couples. So they find people that can fit those demographics. And occasionally you find people who fit a certain genre to hopefully control the voting slash iTunes buying slot in your group. That's why you don't see a lot of soul singers make it very far every so often, in the, as, in, at least according to the results I've read. Now, how else is this pro wrestling? Everybody has a gimmick. Everybody has a little sob story coming in. Everyone, you know, has, has these, has these, you know, you get, you fall in love with these personalities and, and I've certainly fallen in love with a few of them. Uh, I'll tell you my quote unquote team in a bit, but you also realize a lot of this is played for television. Okay. Sundance Head, who I think is fantastic. Great country singer, sang, uh, sang Otis Redding on his blind audition. Great, great version. Sundance Head was on a season of American Idol and got it very, very far. Dressed, at, he was, I think he was a blues singer at the time. But he changed his gimmick. He's the Marty Skrull of The Voice. He's now grew out a beard, doing country, you know, he, he's just a down-home farmer taking care of his kids. And while I believe that's true, he's been around for a long time. His father is a guy by the name of Roy Head, who had a 1965 hit called Treat Her Right, which is a fantastic song. If you've ever watched the movie The Commitments, that's the opening theme song to The Commitments, which is a great movie. 25th anniversary version out on DVD. Go to the Amazon.com link through Voices of Wrestling and buy it. Because the commitments is just plain awesome. You know, a lot of these people have record contracts. You know, they're not the they're not the person singing in the closet for 15 years who just decides to come out of the woodwork and sing. And these coaches, they have marketability things. They they pick people to put up against each other to fit their slots. Much like Vince McMahon has slots. You're this guy. You're this guy in my hierarchy. You're this guy in my hierarchy. And it's great when they're trying to recruit them, the coaches. You know, oh, you're the person I've been waiting for. Oh, it's a total work. Complete work. And it's fascinating to me. I don't know why, because I hate reality television, as I said. But it's fascinating to me. Now, who am I watching? I, I really like uh, Way McDonald. I think she's great. But she's been performing at, like, the Apollo and things like that. I mean, she's not just some shy teenager who got bullied. I mean, she's been singing for a while. I love Kyrie Mc... Kyrie, uh... Rothfield, I think she's great, that kind of bluesy singer. I like Nolan, who has the story of being brought back from auditions last year. I like Sundance, and I love uh, Gabe Broussard. He has that kind of John Waite soul, blue-eyed soul thing going. Played some Mark Broussard for his audition, but, I mean, like, Gabe, you know, he's going blind, but he's also been going to rock camp for, for years. So, I mean, he is and has a band, and he's a great musician. He's not just some random find. None of these people are random finds, so to speak. 
So, you know what? I'll follow this season. You want to hit me up about it? Fine. You've probably already fast-forwarded this and get to the Graps talk, you moron. Okay, we'll get to the Graps talk. NXT. Um, I thought all three shows this week, for the most part, were a little flat, to be honest with you, in terms of actual intriguing content. And that's odd because Raw is supposed to be your go-home show for a major pay-per-view. And I just thought, man, it seems like they've already moved on. But we'll start with NXT. Um, I like that they're setting up the uh, DIY revival feud again, kind of resetting that, kind of doing the slow build for the Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa? It's Ciampa. I don't care. It's Ciampa. <laughs> Heel turn, which when that comes, it's going to be awesome, I think. Uh, you know, Dillinger and Rude, it's okay, I think. Gives Bobby something to do. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the women's division at NXT has been cleaned out, and it needs to be rebuilding, and it's a shame that they don't see Asuka as marketable because you can't tell me that this monster hasn't gotten over. You can't tell me that her just complete domination, and if they did that on the main roster, it'd be great. But it's a different skill set you need on the main roster. Just being good doesn't cut it. For some reason, you have to be personable and, and entertaining as opposed to just an ass kicker because only one person can be an ass kicker on each brand, it would seem. And especially if you're a woman. I mean, how dare you? <laughs> I, I love Asuka. I think she's great. I think if the WWE really went out and recruited female wrestlers, these divisions would be awesome to watch and they'd be equal to the men. But, you know, they don't want that. If you see who goes to the tryouts, it's still fitness models. You know, pretty girls who have some athletic background. Not people who love wrestling necessarily. They want to be on TV. And that's not against them. Who doesn't want to be on TV? But, you know, maybe you sacrifice some of the bikini photo shoots on the beach for competency, guys. I mean, I it's frustrating to me because they've now ported over two divisions from the network. They've ported over the women's division and they've ported over the, the, the cruiserweights. And they're both falling flat because they don't know what made it magical on the network. They don't know what makes these things click. They just have, again, the slots that they think people belong in. And we have a formula and we'll go with that and we'll brand it and we'll brand it and we'll brand it. And we won't build it, but we'll brand it. And that's how that's how these people will get over because you can't be bigger than the brand. You know, we can't build stars for any reason, but we can build catchphrases and gimmicks and trinkets, and 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 phrases. It, it's just, it, it's so frustrating, and I want to like it, guys, because you know I was a huge Horsewomen fan in NXT. It got me reinvigorated for wrestling again when I almost quit this show because of the WWE. The Cruiserweight Classic, I couldn't speak enough high things about that. It was exciting. It was action-filled, and it's just, it's dying on Raw, and I'm I'm scared that it's just going to become another stale product on a stale three-hour show where we're pushing Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns every week. It, it frightens me to no end. I like Mickey James. I hope she does well. I like that other people want to have matches with Mickey James. I know Bailey's been on her Twitter saying that. I hope it does well. I know that it was possibly... Supposed to be Trish Stratus here. 
um, you know, for the Toronto crowd. I think it that the Mickey James call loses a little bit of oomph on that, but uh, you know, I'm excited to see what happens. I think Oscar deserves to have great matches, and until someone on NXT is ready to step up to that, and until they've built up Ember Moon to that level, uh, I'm fine with guest spots. God, I'd kill for Gail Kim. I, TNA, die a death so I can get my Gail Kim Oscar match, please. <laughs> please. I don't know. I feel like I'm being a bit negative here, and, and I'm, you know, it's it's more constructive than anything. I, I, I don't like NXT in this phase right now either, but I know I have to endure it to get to the good stuff. And I'm going to NXT Sunday, possibly, because I asked too much to for my tickets that I was trying to scalp. So um, maybe I'll ask for less and watch Hell in the Cell live. I don't know. Hell in the Cell isn't really doing too much for me, and I'd rather see, you know, dusty tag matches live than than Hell in the Cell, really. But um, good news on the front, possibly, is that two uh, stardom women, I think it's Io Shirai is how you say it, or Io Shirai, and Kyrie Hojo offers to star in WWE in 2017 great if you do them right that's fine um, i tend to think they're gonna fill slots in order to market and brand as japanese superstars or to market harder to that market rather than building them up as characters um they may be coming in to help the australian girls get them over a bit because they're both t- those two are both tall and the japanese girls are both small japanese women i'm sorry i don't mean to be uh, uh, accidentally sexist in any way. I think they're great from what I've seen. And I've seen very little of them, admittedly, but everything I've seen has been spectacular. I want this to be more sports-oriented product. And again, until Vince dies, I don't think that's happening. And even when he dies, or let's go, I don't think the apple falls too far from the tree of Stephanie's having calls. And Sure, you can say Triple H is running the show, but happy wife, happy life. My cynicism reigns until proven otherwise. Um, There's a lot to be excited about in NXT in terms of potential. I'm waiting for the potential to pay off. Uh, The Australians and uh, Aaliyah and Liv Morgan. um, You know, people are improving. I'm not sure they should be on television, but they're improving. So... I guess that's all you can ask for. I love the Billy Kay, um, Peyton Royce team I have since they debuted. I love that they brought them back together. I think Billy Kay's music is freaking awesome. Uh, Aaliyah's definitely improved since Training Ground, although she is just an, a bit, you know, she she's a bit rough to watch at times, and she seems a bit like more of an entrance than anything, but uh, she's getting there, I think. I don't know what her ceiling is right now, but uh, she's shown marketable improvement over the matches I've seen her in. Uh, Liv Morgan is Liv Morgan. That's what I can say for right now. She f- she feels that hot blonde thing until Mandy Rose comes in, I guess. Um, on to SmackDown. Uh, yet again, I don't know. I found the show overall listless. If you heard my show with Sean Ross Sapp, I, you know, there was a, there wasn't a lot to get me excited about. I did like Alexa Bliss on this show a lot. I think she's showing so much as a heel right now. Uh, I think that promo was great. I think the dressing down of Renee was great to establish that. Uh, she sounds realistic in many ways. Um, 
My concern about women on both shows is that three-fourths of the major feuds are about you're not the type to be a star. You're not the type to be a champion. Here's your weaknesses. You don't have the right look, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is this the only story we can write? Is this the only, is this how people think in the WWE women interact that's all based on looks? I, it frustrates me a lot because it's part of the Bailey Dana Brooke angle. It's part of the Charlotte Sasha angle. It's part of this Alexa Becky Lynch angle. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Becky Lynch as a wrestler. I think she's great when she's sincere about being an athlete in her promos. I think she's great when she's being entertaining. I don't like her. In fact, I find her a major turnoff in terms of try-hard comedy. I know her sense of humor is bad. It's endearing on social media. Don't get me wrong. I love the puns. I love the accent. I love everything about her. I just, I, I need her to be the badass in this division because it's something sorely lacking right now. Nikki is still trying to get her physical credibility up there to match um you know all the stuff they're still making her do she needs some new gear in my opinion that is shown on that match where she almost fell out of it uh, carmella great heel i think I, I just love her just coming in and beating people up and being hockey about it i'm good with that i'm good with her having attitude of that nature i think i'm fine with that as a matter of fact natty ugh, ugh. Why are Natty and Nikki fighting over the captaincy of the SmackDown women's team when it should be the champ? I think being the champ should establish you as the credible leader of the division, and all angles should go towards that. I I don't like that that we're going to have a champion and a captain. Now, that may turn into an angle, a bit of a contrived angle, but an angle nonetheless. And you're really going to give up Natty on this team? Um... (laughs) when you only really have I mean you have six women you could do with letting one of the lesser women off to put Natty in there in a match to make the horse women on the other side look good Um, I I suspect she'll probably cheat and beat Naomi out of a slot in a couple weeks so that she's on the team actually Um, I I don't know I'm that's the match I'm looking forward to at Survivor Series I think the most because it's different for the most part. Um, Hype Bros get a win over the Ascension to enter the, the Survivor Series team. As I said last week, I've kind of turned the corner on Mojo Raleigh's goofiness. I think he's very endearing as a goofball, uh, especially on Talking Smack, which is still the best promo show on the network. Uh, I, you know, and the Ascension, <laughs> the Ascension are so far gone. I'd, I'd love to put the club on this team, or on, on this show. Gallows and Anderson, get them the heck away from Enzo and Cass in the New Day and get them on this show. Get them back with AJ, maybe. I I just don't know. The, the, the tag team division in SmackDown is so, so weak because your top feud is the Spirit Squad and, jeez, uh, I almost forgot, Heath Slater and Rhino. So, I mean, and that was all right. It's just too many cooks on that commentary team, and it's unlistenable. It's the same thing we've been watching. They've absolutely done nothing with the Dolph Ziggler push to legitimacy, except stick him back with Miz. 
I don't know the direction here. I thought they'd get him away. You know, missing on this show, American Alpha, The Usos, Baron Corbin, some guys. Now to the two main angles. The Wyatts and Randy Orton. (laughs) This is nothing we haven't seen before. I think everybody can smell this one a mile away, right? We're, We're all in agreement that this Randy Orton heel turn isn't really a heel turn. He's playing mind games with Bray Wyatt, right? And he's not going to do anything terribly dastardly. It's just going to last longer than the than the one week that Daniel Bryan lasted with the Wyatts. Um, you know, I I don't know. Randy Orton needs something, so this is something. I just I, I it 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 strains credibility for me. It'd be more realistic if Kane had choke slammed Randy Orton and become part of the Wyatt clan. But I think we'll probably have at least one or two matches in the meantime, waiting for Survivor Series for Kane and Randy Orton before going through the Wyatts. So we'll we'll get that. I you know it's fine, I guess, but it's not, you know, exciting. It does you know, I think they should have put pulled these guys away from each other, gone on to other dance partners. And then the James Ellsworth story. Now, I said last week my mind had changed after watching Talking Smack and thinking about it for a day that really Ellsworth should have been stretchered. Uh, he should have been beaten down, maybe bladed, maybe just getting carried out. He should have been destroyed by AJ Styles to reaffirm that uh, that this is a serious main event picture. But instead... <laughs> I thought we were getting a James Ellsworth heel turn here. I did. I think I thought he was going to come down to try and protect his number one contender slot. Maybe we get the beatdown between uh, Dean and uh, and James Ellsworth here. I don't think so. I think he'll probably love his moxie, and James Ellsworth will screw up again. I like James Ellsworth. I I, I don't know how much how many legs this thing has to go on to build another feud between Dean and AJ. Maybe a triple threat? That might be interesting. I don't know if that can headline a pay-per-view, though. Might headline a SmackDown, but I think, basically, Dean's eventually going to have to face James Ellsworth. Ellsworth will probably try and lay down as an apology, and Dean won't accept it or something. Or maybe AJ will screw around and have James Ellsworth lose. I don't know. The lighthearted comedy, I, I, it's too much because it's all up and down the card. I, there's nothing serious that I can take and kind of lose my reality that I'm watching a pro wrestling show that's fake, and that's a problem for me. I'm not trying to be too negative on it. I Look, I still laugh in the moment, but when you have a couple days to reflect and your hot takes become cold and tepid, as they do when you wait a few days to record. I I don't know. I'm 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 gonna let it play out, as they say. I just don't. I think James Ellsworth should be taken off TV for a couple months and return at the Rumble as a surprise. Hopefully, they do that before Survivor Series. But I could see James Ellsworth being on the Survivor Series team and possibly getting the win for SmackDown, and then that establishes them as the A show supposedly, which it won't because. Raw will always be the flagship, and 
you know, kind of the Jake the Milkman, Millman thing from the Team Challenge series, since they've already mentioned that in in one uh, one of these Braun Strowman squashes. Who knows? We'll see. And now we go to Raw and Hell in the Cell. I'll do both at the same time, kind of giving comments here and there. My preview is already up on VoicesOfWrestling.com. If you like that, you'll probably be hearing the same thing right now because it's not like my thoughts have changed on it, and I don't have a lot to play off of because, again, writing solo. So we're going to start out with a six-person match in the Cruiserweight division. Cedric Alexander, Lince Dorado, Lince Dorado, and Sin Cara versus Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, and Arya Davari. Only one of these guys is signed to a full-time contract. The cruiserweight division is dying a death. I don't think putting more international stars, as Dave Meltzer seems to think, is the cure. I think international stars will get slotted and branded just like everybody else. They're not building up anybody, really, and moves only get you so far. And the stories are poorly written with bad puns. Um, the match, I think, will be fine. I, you know, uh, I think the faces probably win because they have the one guy that signed the full-time roster on it. Uh, I think it'll be one of those, well, let's open with a crowd pleaser. And I think that's how it'll go. It, it could be anything from a great spectacular match to a horribly botched spot fest. And anything in between. I like Tony Nese. I'd like him to get signed, to be honest with you. I don't know. I know some other shows have problems with Tony Nese in some ways. I think he's the kind of guy you want in a cruiserweight division. A multifaceted, good-looking guy who can talk. Uh, you know, I, I don't see what people have against him. I think Lince Dorado's fine. I think Cedric's great. How about telling us more than he lost weight? I think Drew Gulak would be serve this division well as a gym school bully, but I don't see them signing him full-time. So, we'll move on. Bailey versus Dana Brooke. They're just burning money with Bailey at this point. I didn't need her to be a superstar. I just needed her to be competent for a while until they decided to push her. And they're not. I don't understand this at all. I know they love Dana Brooke. They have since the Like a Girl campaign, which Bailey wasn't on. All their blondes were on there, though, and they like their blondes. So, arm wrestling died a death. It didn't. The match didn't make sense that Dana was asking for a rematch after she had already won clean. Why? There's no point to it. I, I you know, and I, I mourn for Bailey right now because she's kind of floundering after having that hot three weeks start. And then Sasha had to come back, so they had to rebuild her. I don't blame Bailey for that. I don't blame Sasha for that. I blame the WWE for being short-sighted. I do. Because this women's division should be hot. Cruiserweight division should be hot. It got mainstream press. Build on it. Build on what made it great. Athletic competition. Ooing and eyeing the crowd. Not over And, you know, sensible angles. Sensible booking that raised the stakes. That's all it took. Um, who wins this? I don't know. I could see Bailey going into a feud with Nia Jax while Brooke moves off 
offs to Charlotte. I could see Bailey winning this to get some of that credibility back from the clean loss she took. And then eventually building to Sasha. I really don't know. This is a coin toss for me. I picked Bailey in my column. I just, it depends on, I mean, this feud might continue for another month. <laughs> Bailey might be left off the Survivor Series team because your type shouldn't be on it. I don't think they will. I don't think they'd go that far to, to replace her with Dana, but, you know, right now I think the Survivor Series team will probably be Charlotte, Sasha, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke. Who else do they have? Well, I guess Bailey has to be on by default. I can't think of the sixth woman who's in this division on Raw, which is which is a problem for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking on the fly. Hmm, who is the sixth woman? Never mind. We'll move on. I, I think Bailey wins. I think Bailey should win. I think they need to they desperately need to it's almost as if they got arrogant about Bailey's popularity on NXT and it'll carry over because of NXT and that we didn't need to follow it up. I mean, that match last week where Dana put her feet on the ropes and missed, that was an emergency. They had to do some character damage control there and I don't think they did. I I really don't. I think they kind of half-assed thought it. And the crowd turned on that arm wrestling match for both women. I don't think they were booing them personally, but man, that was that was a huge mistake on their part in planning. Enzo and Cass versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Remember the two weeks when uh, Gallows and Anderson were badasses destroying people, and then Carl Anderson got beat again. This tag team division not being rebuilt either, being entertaining. And it's fine, but if you're not going to do anything with Anderson and Gallo, send them back. I think they get the win here. I think the win should be kind of in a style where they knock out Cass and then pick on Enzo until he can no longer compete. And maybe the beating goes a little bit too far on one of them and they get quote-unquote injured, kind of like how the Revival did on Big Cass in NXT. But, you know, Enzo and Cass are immensely popular. I did like the sing-along... As I've been saying, sing along with Enzo and Cass. That's not a new thing. Your boy coined that. Me. Where's my royalties, WWE? Huh? Where's your boy's royalties? Nowhere to be found. Gimmick infringement. Nah, can't be mad. It's not an original thought. They're the new New Age Outlaws. I still think they think a lot of Cass, and that's why they probably knock him out of this match so that they can pick on Enzo. And you, you get a perfectly fine tag team match. Everything, all their eyes are on Raw. I mean, on uh, Survivor Series right now. That's how the show was put forward. That's how all the angles were put forward, as if nothing really meant anything at Hell in the Cell. Kind of. We'll get to that in a bit when we get to the Cell matches. The Heyman promo. Let's dwell on that a little bit. Kind of doing a train of thought here. Heyman is smart enough to know when to call an audible. He was probably told not to call an audible and he showed himself as a quote unquote professional and did the script as written as if to say, yeah, it's not working. No matter what I do, it's not working. It's not the hottest of takes. It's not the most original of takes, but I don't think anything, you know, 
<laughs> he's wearing a t-shirt with the city on it. It's his hometown. Why are they going to boo him? Why? Just say he's from Saskatchewan, and that's why he left Minnesota. You'll get the cheap heat. Cheap heat would have been good here. Cheap heat would have quelled the suplex city chance, at least for a short time. And it's not like Goldberg's the most loved, beloved babyface in history. People like him. People remember him fondly. But in terms of the era of recency, his history has been he hurt Bret Hart and that his last match with Brock sucked. That's what a lot of people know. That's what a lot of people on the WWE network are looking at. They're looking at his WWE run and the end of his WCW run. They're, you know, sure, there was the streak. He does have some good matches on there. That gold, or the DDP match for Halloween Havoc over delivers. Go watch that. We did it on our top 100. And we were both pleasantly surprised by it. Because DDP made him look like a champ. I don't think Brock's going to do the same thing necessarily. I think Brock will be purely professional, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think <laughs> both these guys are consider themselves legit tough. I think one's probably going to end up testing that on the other, and we'll see how they react. That, to me, is the intrigue of Survivor Series, but this was not the place for that promo necessarily on the go-home show for Hell in the Cell, which is important, which is more important than Survivor Series right now. It is the era of immediacy, and you need to plug this show as a big deal, and by plugging Brock and Goldberg, you've basically overshadowed this entire pay-per-view because everybody's like, well, let me know when we get to that. End rant. <laughs> New Day versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, New Day is breaking Demolition's record. They don't mention it on TV unless they are. Sheamus and Cesaro... I have this crazy idea that eventually they unite as heels because they get screwed out of the titles. I'd love for that to happen because this this tag team division needs a new heel team with tough guy credibility because Gallows and Anderson haven't built, been built up like that. Uh, the New Day has been known to use some heelish tactics in their wins. I, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think the New Day probably end up winning by DQ here and the bickering continues for comedy's sake because I think that Sheamus and Zaro end up on the Survivor Series team and end up probably screwing each other out of that match. I think that's how this goes. Lighthearted Facebook streaming. It's, eh. You know, after a while, you just can't argue anymore. There's no reality to it. Especially if you're traveling together, you start to find things you have in common with people that you don't like if you're stuck in a situation, so you can tolerate them. They're not playing this for reality. They're playing this for cheap laughs. And the New Day, for me, I still like them. But it's all about breakfast cereals and sing-alongs. You know, it, it's more camp. Uh, they had the chance to reinvigorate them with the Wyatt family feud, and they didn't. Uh, this is the slot they're in. It's a fun slot. We just have to endure it until they break the record, and then we'll see what happens. Maybe something changes. T.J. Perkins and Brian Kendrick. If you had told me that T.J. Perkins would die a death on the main roster, I would have called you a liar. I thought he was the perfect pick to head up this division. It's almost a game 
in terms of how to be a star in the WWE because they give you this cornball dialogue, you know, hitting your hitting catchphrases that have to do with your gimmick. And it's almost as if to break out, you have to fight against that. But unless you have the right heft, you can't fight against it. Otherwise, you're seen as being, you know, too, too much, too much ego backstage, carrying yourself like a star when you shouldn't. It's an entire game. I mean, TJ Perkins saying hit the reset button and press pause and video game things and talking like a bad uh, anime character. (laughs) It's 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 not good, guys. They've missed the charm and purple ropes and saying Rich Swan is here to have fun and entertain people. It's not enough. What they have done is they've built up Rich Swan as the next contender for the Brian Kendrick. And I think the Brian Kendrick ends up stealing a win here for the title by cheating, by playing up TJ Perkins' sympathies in some way. And TJ Perkins is going to be seen as a champion who didn't live up to his potential. And that's a shame because I love TJ Perkins. I think he is perfect for this. I think maybe turning him heel might be a good thing too. He shows that kind of cocky swagger. But again, it's not, you know, you can do so much. But if they don't allow you out of your slot, you can't. It's so weird. It's so frustrating to watch these very, very talented guys who are great wrestlers, but great wrestling doesn't get you to be a star. Look at Neville. Neville is a fantastic athletic specimen who can do a lot of impressive stuff. But he's short, he has big ears, they make mention of that every time. And all he does is the moves, and once you've seen it, okay, now what? Why am I supposed to like him? Because he's athletic? That's why I worry when guys like Ricochet, people are saying, man, I wish Ricochet was in WWE. Okay. He'd be Neville, I think. Not a knock on Ricochet, but that's what they do with athletic guys. They see them. I have my one guy who does flips. I have guys who do flippy-do stuff. They'll wow the kids a bit. They'll get cheers. Do they necessarily get over? No. Look at, I mean, Daniel Bryan had to get over with Diego Sanchez's gimmick. And a little badass credibility with the kicks. I, I, I And the knee. And the submissions. It all came together like that and they gave it to him eventually but he was just the goofy guy doing yes yes no no hugging Kane and that's how he got popular and then once he got popular he became unstoppable because then people started to smarten up of how good this guy really was and they refused to be spoon-fed stuff speaking of spoon-fed stuff we get to our hell in the cell matches Sasha versus Charlotte This is a feud with the most legs. This is the match I'm looking most forward to. Both women are amped to the gills. The go-home segment, utter garbage. I just, it was wooden and stilted, and instead of building up a real fight feel, Sasha's watching the network. Mick Foley is overselling and being hyperbolic about how, how much the cage will change a person. There are people on this roster who have already been through Hell in the Cell matches. They're still wrestling. It makes me lose faith that he's telling the truth in many ways when you say that. 
That said, I'm still looking forward to this. Charlotte is now officially Charlotte Flair again. I think they've decided that they need last names for characters except for Bailey. I think that's only a good thing for Bailey. I think it's a great thing for Charlotte Flair. She'll be the one legacy that they play up on this show since obviously Curtis Axel can't catch a break. As for the match, as I said in my preview, Vince McMahon may be the one person saving these two's lives because they so badly want this division to be good. I think everybody wants this division to be a big deal, sometimes except Vince. I think they should have played, I agree with the common sentiment that should have been played up as the main event. That's a big deal. That gets you outside press. That gets you marketing that you want. Social media is the new marketing, as is philanthropy, Stephanie. This is what you want for this division. You want the outside buzz. Look, women are main eventing this for the first time in a long time. It worked with the Iron Woman match. It'll work here. I don't understand why they didn't have the faith to do it. Because people are going to enjoy it more than the Roman Reigns cage match? Why? What is the thing keeping them back? You want a full, fully rounded product. Build up the women's division as a big deal. Because rather than telling me, show me. Sh- that, oh, <laughs> Hawkins. Yes, show don't tell. They're telling me a lot of things. They're telling me that this is historical. They're telling me that this is a big deal. Show me why it's a big deal. Show me. Show me why this. I should care about this feud. Show me why these two are angry at each other. Show me, show me, show me. End rant. <laughs> I think Sasha should retain. I think if they keep this Charlotte streak going, big mistake, especially in Boston, big mistake for the character of Sasha Banks. But I think this match could over-deliver. I hope it over-delivers. I'm rooting for the two of them to pull off something magical that I'll talk about for a long time. Like, take over Brooklyn, one. I want something of that quality. I want to feel something. I hope they, they put a great video package together to preamble this, to get me excited about it. I want this match to be good. I want this to be a classic. I really do. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a horsewoman mark, so... There you go. Rollins and Owens for the universal title. What does it say when the most over thing on Raw is a list by a comedy character who is the best friend of the champ? This is going to be your chicanery hell in the cell with interference, probably from Chris Jericho taking some sort of insane spot of some kind, I think, to to protect his best friend. When it comes down to it, this angle is nothing more than two men fighting over the love of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Seth Rollins is a terrible protagonist here. All he's talking about is Kevin Owens was gifted this by Triple H. Triple H likes you best. Why didn't he love me, mommy? It's, it's not a good look for him. And we know Seth Rollins can work as a great baby face. He did it when the shield had the face run for a while. I just, these promos do nothing. They do nothing. Kevin Owens. Look, we know he's great on the mic. I enjoy the comedy work. I do really, but he hasn't made that turn for me to care about this match as a violent spectacle. He told me at the end of one promo at the end of Raw, 
that he was going to do something terrible to Seth Rollins. Great. I don't feel it here. Again, I think it continues to them probably bickering who's the captain of the Raw team at Survivor Series. I think it'll be a good match. I think there'll be some good spots here. I think Chris Jericho will get involved in some way. Take one for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens retains. Odd that Triple H is the focus of this feud. It's like Poochie in The Simpsons. Even when Poochie isn't on screen, we should be talking about what Poochie is doing at that time. Steph's not helping, being a heel, and kind of being sympathetic to the heels. I don't know. I, I really don't. I, uh... You know, and then Reigns and Rusev. To end it all. Not to end it all. That would be terrible. That would be suicide. <laughs> Sorry. Rusev and Reigns, this is your one-spot match. Pretty much. This is setting up for the quote-unquote big moment where Michael Cole and the rest of the announced team will go ape. And that moment is when Roman Reigns spears Rusev through the cage. Rusev, the most sympathetic babyface on the roster still. Now it's personal, apparently. According to Roman Reigns, the least sympathetic babyface on the roster. And pretty good heel, I think, here. Too bad that's not the intention. I tend to think (laughs) that they're not thinking this through too much. I think Reigns and Rusev will still go on last. I think it'll get booed out of the building. I think it'll get overshadowed by the women, much like TakeOver Brooklyn. I think they're thinking they have to have men end it. That's just Vince's way. Roman's a star. It'll be a lot of Superman punches. It'll be a lot of, you know, the big power spots for Roman. Um, it's, this feud's already personal, Roman. You, you ruined their wedding. You, you talked about his family. It's personal already. Oh, it's personal for you now? Whoop-de-crap. I just, I don't. Uh, and this this U.S. title isn't getting built by this feud. They could have done this without the title. But, you know, and I don't think Roman's doing anything for it. I don't think it's being built in any way. I don't think they, they've built any of these feuds in a way that makes me want to see a big-time blow-off match as Hell in the Cell is supposed to be. Hell in a cell, I'm sorry. No top 100 match again this week. Since we're gone solo, shake them ropes. Hopefully we'll get it next week. I don't know. Rob's traveling next week, so I don't know if we're going to be able to record that show on time. But stay patient with us. Stay patient with me. Hit up the show at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, all one word. Hit up me at Crap Game 13 Give me some feedback, constructive or otherwise. If I bitched too much, I apologize. I'm sorry. This is just a heatless pay-per-view. I'm going to the NXT show on Sunday, I think. I, I, you know, this is skippable. I can watch this on Monday before Raw and get the gist. And hear about what I should watch and what I shouldn't. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com. Join us in the conversation. A lot of really good conversations going on on that board. Got a lot of podcasts now. WWE ain't your thing if you're becoming uh, a bit jaded. 
We got every single indie under the sun, I think, has a, has a podcast on there. We got a Lucha Underground podcast. We got the flagship, which covers everything. We got a Puro Indie podcast now. You like New Japan? Got you covered. TNA? You got Garrett Kidney on Twitter. Go follow him. That man is all TNA, and you got to respect him for that. And you don't know how long TNA is going to last, so let's enjoy him while we have it. For Rob McCarran, I'm Jeff Hawkins. Good night. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.